Welcome in everybody to Betting Pros. It's me, Joey P, Joe P. Zapia, and it's time to place your bets. With me, as always, for the Week 13 look ahead is Pat Fitzmaurice and Matthew Friedman. We're going to jump all the way to Week 13 already. Yes, we'll talk Monday Night Football as well, but it was a, a festival of football this past week. We had three games on Thursday. We had pie. We had lots of food, desserts, family, lots of time but more football than anything else it feels like at the end of the day. And certainly a lot of things to take away and put them into our brains, looking ahead to week 13 and see if we can make some money early on. Certainly a lot of changes, a lot of variance too. things going on at the quarterback position, a lot to break down today. Before we get after that, I want to remind everybody too, that BetMGM is our sponsor, the king of sports books. So make sure you go ahead and download that BetMGM app right today and start making your wagers. Gentlemen, let's start here first at the top with Monday Night Football. We got one more game before we close the book completely on Week 12. The Indianapolis Colts at 4-6-1, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are two-and-a-half-point underdogs on the road to the Colts. 39-and-a-half is the number. If you like Pittsburgh for the upset, you get plus 120 on the money line. Pat Fitzmorris, I hope that you have uh, you know shaken off all the turkey excess and you are, are ready to go here on a Monday morning early on. Tell me this. Does Pittsburgh have a shot in this game? And if so, is the money line the best thing to do here? Pittsburgh does have a shot in this game, Joe. uh, But I am going to try to exercise willpower and force myself to stay Mm. off my sportsbook apps all day and not touch this game because I do not want to bet it. Like, I hate playing the Colts. They've just been, like, all over the map for me this year. Um, I mean, I guess I have slightly more faith in the Steelers here than I do in the Colts. And, uh, you know, I'd still be inclined to bet the over if I were going to bet it, which, again, I really don't want to, uh, mainly due to the injuries on the Colts defensive front seven. Still without Shaq Leonard, uh, Quiddy Pay didn't play this last week. I don't know if he's going to be back. So, um, yeah, uh, but mostly a stay away for me. Matthew Friedman, I don't know what sort of discipline you've got left uh, after eating all that pie this week. I saw that third slice in your plate. I saw it there. So I don't know where your willpower is at, but do you have the willpower to stay away from this contest as well? Or are you already looking at how you can make some cash off the Monday Night Football game? I think it's long established that I have very little willpower. Uh, I bet this game early, which I immediately (laughs) regretted. Uh, I am on officially I'm on Pittsburgh plus three. Uh, And Mm -hmm. so I've gotten some closing line value on that. The thing is, the Colts looked so good last week uh, playing the Eagles before uh, or after I bet this game that my projections have now flipped. And I have this uh, with uh, the Colts at uh three and a half i think they should be favored by three and a half so if i were to bet this today which i probably wouldn't be doing but if i were to bet this today i would be on the colts uh because if this is at two and a half and my projections at three and a half there's theoretically some value there but to second fitz's point this is an ugly game and i probably shouldn't have been betting it in the first place <laughs> well there you go hopefully we can learn something next year going forward there's your new year's resolution going <laughs> forward as we get closer to the holiday season now it's time for a look ahead at week 13 we're gonna kick things off here with an in-division rivalry, the Buffalo Bills traveling to New England. New England, five-and-a-half-point home underdogs in this one. They're coming off a loss here to the Minnesota Vikings on Thanksgiving night. 44-and-a-half is the number, plus 190 on the money line for the Patriots. Friedman, last time we saw these two teams lock up in the playoffs last year, it was uh, an ugly, ugly time. I mean, this is uh, it's like Walmart after Black Friday, kind of an ugly game there for the Patriots. So now we have the Buffalo Bills who, let's be honest, they've – kind of been puttering their way, uh, so to speak, to an 8-3 and three record here. It hasn't been all sunshine and roses for the Bills. The Wingo Patriots certainly were competitive in that game against Minnesota and seem to have found a little bit of new life here in the offense. Do you think this 5.5 is a safe number? Do you see any early look-ahead value on this game? I just projected a 4.75, which, you know, at 5.5, there's not really much of a difference there. So I don't really like that. The The total, though is where I would probably look in this game because you've got two defensive minded teams, uh, divisional opponents, you know, cold weather, outdoor December unders like this just feels like the spot. If you're investing in the game, I would look under here and I bet this early at let me make sure I actually have the right number here. Uh, but the under at 45 and a half. And as you said, I think it's now 44 and a half. I still think there's value there. I have this projected early on at 43.4. All right, Pat, do you see any value here in the same thing where you're looking at potentially the under in this game on Thursday Night Football? 
I do agree with Friedman on that. Um, all six Bills road games this season have played to the under. So uh, that would definitely be the trend for them. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this game the Patriots played on Thanksgiving night was sort of an anomaly with Mac Jones throwing for almost 400 yards and uh, the Vikings moving up and down the field almost at will against the Patriots. It was a very anti-Patriots game. So, uh, you know, maybe they were a little thrown playing the Thursday night game uh, on a holiday. So, yeah, last year's results, I mean, really, there were some pretty high scoring games. We had that crazy wind game that the Patriots won 14 to 10 with Mac Jones throwing three forward passes. Yeah. Uh, and then the, yeah. And then the Bills trucked the Patriots in the other two, 33, 21 and 47, 17 in the playoffs. So um, based on that, you would think this might be like kind of a high scoring game, but I'm with Friedman on the under and, uh, you know, don't really, don't really see any value on the side. Maybe just a smidge like Friedman. I have a smidge of value on the Patriots, but not much. So you're not buying the air raid Mac Jones offense. Okay. Got it. Not quite. Not quite. Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be on the road again here two times in a row. This time they're going to be in Atlanta, Uh, Atlanta five and seven. The Steelers as of right now, three and seven, they are uh, one and a half point road dogs in this game to Atlanta. So Atlanta's favorite at home by one and a half, not much, practically a pick them here. 42 is the number. If you like Pittsburgh outright on the money lines, plus 105. Pat, when you're looking here at this contest, I know we're waiting to see kind of what happens with Pittsburgh, but Vegas is basically telling you here, hey, you know, go ahead, pick a side. And if so, do you see a side that's worth picking at this juncture? Or do you want to wait for results first before you look ahead to wager on this one? I do want to wait, Joe. Uh, The inclination, if I did take this early, would be to bet the Steelers since the Falcons are one in six in their last games, uh, uh, last seven games against the spread. So but then again, you know, Pittsburgh could get slammed by injuries tonight and totally make me regret that. So I'm, I'm just staying away. I don't really see any value in the total or the side in this game. Let me flip that around for a second here for you, Freeman. Let's say Pittsburgh comes out here and they're gangbusters and, you know, Kenny Pickett throws two touchdowns to George Pickens and Najee Harris looks real good and they win this road game. Do you see a scenario where all of a sudden this line would invert itself? Yeah, it could. I mean, there's not theoretically much of a difference between one and a half on one side and it flipping to the other side. And if that happened, I'd probably be on Atlanta. But mm-hmm. like to Fitz's point, this is a game that I have projected 1.25 right now. I don't have anything to say on the side. Theoretically, maybe I'd be on the total a little bit. I have this, the numbers at uh, 41 and a half, I believe. I have it uh, projected at 42 and a half. So a little bit of value on the over, but I'm not betting it. I'm staying away right now. Does anyone want to win the NFC South, guys? You think anybody wants to? Just <laughs> oh, don't answer that question. The I don't Saints, think that question the has Saints an could theoretically the still Saint, win. The Saints that got shut out. Is that the Saints team? That Saints team? The, the Saints right. that almost covered at the goal line, but Alvin Kamara. <laughs> but I'm not bitter about yeah. it. No, of course not. No bad feelings at all. Let's go to the Denver Broncos and Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore, seven and a half point favorites at home, taking on the Denver Broncos. Oh, the Denver Broncos. What what a disaster they've been this year. 38 and a half is the number here. So if you like points, this is not the game for you. Plus 280 on the money line. And that's kind of where we have to start here, I feel like, is this 38 and a half. Because this is a very low number, Freeman. Typically, you see a number like this. It's almost like the discipline where you just want to go over just on principle. But can you do that right now with the way these two offenses have played? No, this is like a number that you see in service academy football games. You know, <laughs> like it's this is not a real NFL number. It's amazing. In the offseason, this number was 48. In the look ahead market, it was 40 and a half. Last night, it was 39. And now as we're talking, it's 38 and a half. It's going to keep on going down. The The Broncos are 10 and one to the under. And they got that uh, in a very deserved way by having one of the worst offenses in the league, if not the worst offense in the league, and one of the best defenses in the league. And the market just has still not caught up with it. The The average for uh, for Broncos games on the under is like more than 10 points from where the market is to where they actually finish. So the market still has not come anywhere close to catching up to the Broncos. So I'm very much on the under here, even though it's a really low number of 38 and a half. Yeah. Broncos are in a tough spot here too. Let me tell you. I mean, yeah, they're one in five on the road this year too. Just throwing that out there for 
for fun, if there is any fun attached to this game, uh, when you're looking at this game here, Fitz, do you see any early value? As Friedman's saying, you look, this number certainly is trending in the downward direction. Do you want to jump on it now before it just gets obliterated altogether? Uh, I do, and I want to jump on a side. I want to jump on the Ravens, even though they okay. were uh, very cruel to me yesterday. Friedman referenced the heartbreak for his cover in the Saints 49ers game. Uh, you know, I saw Ravens cover just sort of crumble before my eyes in a matter of moments yesterday. It was a really star-crossed day for Friedman and I on best bets in week 12. <laughs> it was. Oh, boy. Uh, so well, yeah, the last I... pair of star-crossed lovers, that did not end up very well either, <laughs> just I recall. Yeah, I mean, that said, I, I do think the Ravens are positioned to just drill the Broncos here. And uh, we're recording this on a Monday. Like, no matter how bad your Monday is going right now to all our listeners out there, you're not on the hook for Russell Wilson for five years and $245 million. So uh, yeah, consider that. Line and, and yelling at him. On the, that was my favorite when the line was. Oh, going. yeah. <laughs> right. Like, nose, well. nose tackle Mike Purcell yelling at. Mm. Russ on the sideline things are just not going well at all so um like we've seen six straight Broncos games go under uh there have not been more than 38 points in any of those games and I think the Ravens might actually cooperate with the under too because their offense hasn't exactly been hitting on all cylinders and uh we saw them really struggle inside the red zone against the Jaguars yesterday or they would have won that game pretty easily so um yeah I'm very much on the Ravens here and uh, kind of on the under also want to grab it now before it gets lower. And I do think to Friedman's point, it's going to go to like 37 and a half, 37. <laughs> like it's going to, it's going to be very uh, Panthers Broncos esque by the time it's all over. I think. Yeah. I think Nathaniel Hackett is going to be very busy on LinkedIn, sending a lot of resumes out over the holiday <laughs> season. Uh, let's get to the next one on the board here. I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback in this one, folks. Green Bay against the Bears. So here we go. Green Bay right now is two and a half point favorites on the road against the Bears. We don't know if we're going to get Justin Fields. We don't know if we're going to get Simeon. We don't know if we're going to get Aaron Rodgers. Are we going to get Jordan Love? It's got a lot of question marks here regarding these situations with these two quarterbacks and these two teams. So 43 and a half is the number. Plus 118 on the money line if you like the Bears at home. So Fitz, let's talk about this. Obviously, you got the oblique issue going on here for Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure we're going to get more news today, later in the day about that. He's also been dealing with a thumb injury as well. Uh, Jordan Love did have a, a decent showing and a great pass there to the Christian Watson. Uh, but again, that's just one moment in time. Do you believe here uh, that they should be favorites on the road against the Bears? And do you want to jump on this line now where there's chaos because there's value? Or do you want to wait for clarity and make a better wager? The one thing that would get me interested early in this game would be the way the Bears defense has sort of crumbled. And our friend Rich Rebar over at Sharp Football uh, just posted this on Twitter a little earlier, talking about the way the Bears defense has really collapsed over the last five weeks. Uh, they've allowed 3.02 points per drive. Uh, they've allowed a touchdown on 39.6% of the opponent's drives. 41 yards uh, for opponents per drive, 6.7 yards allowed per play, uh, 3% sack rate. They, they've just crumbled Well, in here. all fairness, when you deal Robert Quinn and Roquan Smith sure. and then Jaquan Brisker's out with an injury, I mean, yeah. Brisker played phenomenal football this year. That's another guy I don't think people talk enough about. When he was no. out, that was a huge loss in that game, and I think everybody should have been pivoting to Garrett Wilson shares and things like that because you take that guy out of the secondary, it's huge. So I'm not surprised by that. But if there's extended period of time where you're going to miss Brisker too, that certainly would you know, enter into my psyche in this game as well. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with, with what they've lost on defense and not knowing Brisker's status for week 13, I agree, Joe. I'm tempted to take Green Bay and the over, but Jordan Love, yes, small sample size, good performance. And, and people are saying, well, they still have to find out what they have in Jordan Love. I mean, I found out last year when they played Kansas City <laughs> – had one of the best defensive performances by a Packer team in like the last decade. Yeah. And Jordan Love couldn't pick up a first down. I mean, he was totally hopeless in that game. So I'm not too optimistic. And I mean, this could be Jordan Love against Justin Fields potentially. And, you know, if we get that matchup, grabbing Chicago right now at plus three at home looks pretty good. So Man, I'm kind of torn on what to do. I'm I'm thinking of putting down a small bet on the Bears as a home dog in this one. Just hoping to get that Fields versus Love matchup. Friedman, 
the Bears and Packers realistically are probably not relevant. And if that's the case this year, do you think that there's any reason whatsoever to push either of these guys into this? Like, uh, in other words, like, should should we even be considering the fact that there's a, a world where we get Fields this week or even get Rodgers this week? Like, why are we putting these guys on the line for a season that clearly has gone away from them? Yeah, it's it's possible that either of these guys plays, but to your point, uh, I'm kind of skeptical. And so the projection that I have right now uh, takes Trevor Simeon against Jordan Love, and I have it projected at two and a half. So, you know, if Fields comes back, and I think he's likelier to come back than Rodgers, but I don't think either one is especially likely to come back. But if he comes back, then obviously this is massive movement towards the Bears here. But uh, at two and a half, I think it's probably where it should be. And I'm just, I'm not doing anything with it right now. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, too. I mean, week 14 by Mageddon, right? We are, isn't the Bears part of that? I want to say, right? Or do we have the Bears by? Off the top of my head. Do you guys remember? Yeah, yeah. The Bears the Bears are on by and the Packers are on by. So both of oh, these teams are that's, incentivized. And that's the point yeah. I want to make. Both these teams, I feel like, are more incentivized to be like, look, let's try to go out in this. Like, we're going to have an extra week here with the bye, get you guys super healthy. Maybe it's the last couple of games. You make a little headway. You start to finish the season on the high note. But the Bears are going to be looking for draft picks at this point. Like, that's how yeah. you rebuild this organization. I don't think you see Fields. I think there's a better chance to see Rodgers, but I think that's becoming shrinking by the moment as well. Let's get to the next one here. I, that buy situation, I knew, I forgot it was the Packers too, but I remembered it was the Bears were part of that week 14. Let's yeah. go to the Detroit Lions, the plucky Detroit Lions showing grit on Thanksgiving. If they only had shown a little bit more uh, kicking acumen, maybe they'd have a, a W there. They really should have. Uh, they are one point. Home favorites against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who Trevor Lawrence just pulled a rabbit out of his hat. And that one, 51 and a half is the number in this game. Uh, basically all minus money here on the money line. So Friedman, let's look at this one here. It's practically a pick em. So do you have a side that you like, or are you just looking for that 51 and a half? I want to lock in and over now before it starts to climb anymore. Yeah, that number probably will move, but, uh, you know, unders have been the side this year and I have this projected exactly at 51 and a half. So I'm not looking to bet it. If I had to do anything, it would be Jags, but I don't feel all that strongly about it. Like it wouldn't surprise me if this number actually flipped by the time we got to kick off and and the Jags were small favorites. Uh, and I actually, let me see, I have this projected almost exactly at a pick them. So, you know, I don't have much to say about this game. I think the numbers are pretty much where they should be. Fitz, do you have any early look-ahead value on this one? Because it does seem kind of like a coin flip. At first, I had Friedman's thought that this game should maybe be a, a pick em, But then, you know, I saw that the Lions are 7-4 and four against the spread this year and have covered in three straight. So I'm, I'm okay with the side and not inclined to bet that. But I think it probably plays under 51-and-a-half. I kind of want to jump on the under here. Like, I don't see the Jaguars cooperating. Uh, not much explosiveness in their offense with Travis Etienne likely to be out for this game and you know that really mm. leaves only maybe christian kirk is their uh sole explosive playmaker um i just don't know if they their offense cooperates with the you know lions who who love to play in shootouts um i don't know if the jaguars are a, a good dance partner for them to get over 51 and a half what about that yeah, marvin that jones injury. slander right there in a revenge game <laughs> against the lions ah, there you go the marvin jones right. revenge game what's he got to be mad about <laughs> everyone's always so mad like you know i don't have any revenge against other places i worked i'm very happy at fantasy i pro. think this line will move up it's okay. already gone to 52 at DraftKings and caesars i think it will continue to move okay. up so if you're if you're no. like fits and you do like the under i i think probably wait a little bit Let's take a quick break in the action to tell you about BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up today with BetMGM and use that promo code BETTINGPROS when you do, and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions, and don't forget to use that promo code BETTINGPROS. That's one word, BETTINGPROS, when you sign up today. Terms and conditions apply. Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Michigan, Mississippi, Nevada, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Puerto Rico, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., West Virginia, Wyoming, and Ontario only. Must be 21 years or older to wager. 19 or older in Ontario. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable. Free bets on site. Credit. Free bets expire seven days from insurance. Excludes Michigan. Disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, D.C., Kansas, Louisiana, Nevada, Wyoming, or Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. 
help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey, or West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. Call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y in New York. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line at 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee or call 1-888-777-9696 in Mississippi. In Ontario, if you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, please contact Connects Ontario at 866-531-2600 to speak to an advisor free of charge. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah and other states where prohibited promotional offers not available in Nevada and New York. And now back to the action. All right, let's get to the next one here. The Houston Texans was not a good Sunday for them. Uh, they are at home. They are one nine and one. They are seven point underdogs to the Cleveland Browns and then returning Deshaun Watts. And this is it, folks. We're getting it. Here we go. Forty four and a half is the number. If you like Houston and you're crazy, it's plus two fifty here on the money line. So uh, lots of emotions, lots of feels, lots of stuff going on here in this game fits. So. I'm going to present this out here of all the games and all the gin joints and all the world. Deshaun Watson has walked back into this one in this scenario. Does Houston kind of get up for this game in some kind of weird way? Uh, do you think that uh, maybe this is a more dangerous line than we realize? How do you see this game cooking out here for a Browns team that's coming off a high and a big victory? Is there any rust? Is there a letdown? What's the scenario in this game for you? Well, Joe, uh, let's just bear in mind that in no way was the Deshaun Watson suspension purposely timed so that he would come off to play his old team, the Houston Texans. Uh, the NFL had no idea that was going to be the case when they uh, set that suspension. Um, yeah, like I'm kind of going with the narrative here that this is going to be the Texans Super Bowl. I'm kind of ignoring all other inputs in this game, uh, mainly the input that the Texans have played like complete crap for the last, what, three, four weeks. Um, but I mean, I think they're going to get it together. They know that this game is going to generate a lot of attention and they, I don't think, want to lay an egg in this game against Watson. And I think they're going to be pretty fired up for this one. So um, I'm going to make a small bet on the Texans. I'm going to make a larger bet on the under. Uh, as you mentioned, Joe, some rust for Deshaun Watson is possible. We saw it in the preseason. I think Friedman and I were watching Deshaun Watson together uh, when we were in Canton for the Fantasy Football Expo, watching Deshaun Watson spray passes all over the place. Like he can't be 100% game fit and game sharp after the long layoff. Um, and the Texans' last three games and four of their last five have played to the under. I don't think their offense is going to cooperate with a uh, shootout <laughs> here. So, yeah. yeah, I do like the under here, and uh, I kind of like Houston in a game where you know the Texans are going to be really motivated. Friedman, the Texans have lost six in a row here, but certainly there's a lot of reason to to get up, as Pat was saying, for this game. They got up a couple weeks ago to play the Eagles, too. So they know everybody's watching. Uh, obviously, we've got some issues there with the Texans on both sides of the football. But uh, what are your thoughts on this one? Do you see this line changing as the week goes on? I don't know about changing. I think seven is probably where it should be. Um, but, uh, well, I, I think seven is a number that makes sense for the market. I have this projected at eight and a half. But, you know, like I know that there's potential weakness in the projections because, as Fitz said, yeah, Deshaun Watson may not be his normal self coming back from, you know, at this point, like a year and a half layoff. Uh, and, you know, I have him as four points better than Jacoby Brissett. Maybe he's not. Maybe in like a, a vacuum he is, but maybe not with all the rust that he's accumulated in a new city, new offense, all of that. Uh, and uh, the Houston Texans, even though I seem like not to downrate them enough, in my rankings each week uh maybe it's a situation where to Fitz's point this is their super bowl like this is a game where maybe lovey smith actually goes for it on fourth down like maybe he does some uncharacteristically aggressive things that uh change the way that i should view this team for one week uh and so all of that like i i'm aware that it's a possibility uh that said i still think the base general scenario is that Deshaun Watson is uh is a very good quarterback he's on a pretty decent team like with the the players around him and they're going against the worst team in the league um I know everything else can sort of change the way that this game unfolds but I bet this on the look ahead at Cleveland five and a half because I had it projected higher and I thought the market would move higher I don't see it moving towards Houston I because Houston is so bad that if it gets to six and a half, I think Brown's money will come in and drive it back to seven. And if anything, I think it will move the other direction. 
Okay, fair enough. Let's get to the next one here. The New York Jets and the greatest quarterback that ever lived, Mike White, will travel to the Minnesota Vikings, and they will play the Vikings in this contest. The Vikes are just three-point favorites in this one. So the 9-2 and two Vikings are just three-point favorites at home against the 7-4 and four Jets. Now, granted, <clears throat> I'm going to give the Jets a lot of credit here defensively. I have for, gosh, months now. Uh, 43 is the number in this game, plus 140 on the money line. So, Freeman, I'm looking at this game, and this just does not feel like enough respect for the Vikings here. And I'm giving plenty of respect. And I, for the Jets, Jets defense is great. But at a certain point, too, when do we start giving the Vikings some respect here? When do we start saying, hey, this is a really good team. They're getting the job done here. I know Fitz doesn't like when I say nice things about the Vikings. It's just a principal <laughs> thing. But Freeman, what do you think about this one here? Is this Jets defense and offense, more importantly, going to travel to Minnesota here and be what Vegas is telling you, which is a problem? Yeah, I mean, I think three is too short. I have a projected at four and a half. And mm-hmm. Mike White is certainly, I, I'd say, better within Absolutely. the confines of what they want him to be able to do in that offense. He's better than Zach Wilson. Uh, but that said, he looks really great against one of the worst defenses in the league last week. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's a difference between that and Minnesota. That said, the Vikings defense isn't all that great either. But I still think three points, uh, you know, that's basically like the home field advantage, not quite the home field advantage, but like the Vikings have a real home field advantage, like a legit home field advantage. So the NFL or the market here is basically saying this is a home field difference. And I don't think that's the case. Fitz, a little extra time to prepare for the Vikings, too, because they played on Thursday. Uh, a lot of positives here. I, I saw this three and right away I said, no, 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 this is not enough respect for the Vikings. Friedman tends to agree. Do you want to make it three for three here on this one? Well, so yeah, Joe, uh, I echo your sentiments on that. I don't, my first thought when I saw this line was, wow, that's not a lot of respect for the Vikings. And, you know, I've got, I think the Vikings should be four to four and a quarter point favorites. So I'm with Friedman on that projection. Um, but then You know, I take a closer look at some of the breakdowns and see the DVOA with the Vikings now ranked 24th in the league in overall DVOA, Uh, 19th offense, 18th defense, 26th special team. This is unit to unit mediocrity in every phase of the game for the Vikings in everything except winning close games. They're great at that. So, um But then again, you know, like I've been on the Jets for a lot of the season. I love their defense. I love that Mike White gives them at least, you know, a a competent offense. (laughs) And they're seven and four against the spread this year, four and one against the spread on the road. So those two things, just sort of a a meeting of two uh, opposites. I'm just going to stay away from this game. Like, uh, you know, I've got things pointing me in two different directions here, and I'm (laughs) just not going to touch it. I'm going to take Minnesota. I'm on the Minnesota side of this game and then, and handily. So what we, I feel like it's the classic buildup too, where like, you know, the jets hung with the Patriots there and they lost a tough game there and you have this belief and then you, you go and you Mike white at home in the rain, the crowd's going wild. They demanded the quarterback change. You got the quarterback change. You're getting all the feels, you get the performance and then you go to Minnesota and you get, Pounded. I think that's exactly the jet narrative. Well, you gotta I've love it here my whole life, so I know what it is. <laughs> you gotta love like we're we're factoring in, you know, when whenever a backup has to make the start, like you know how much the starter is worth to the spread. Mm-hmm. It's funny to get this spike, this Vegas spike right. in value for yeah, Mike White, backup. the backup yeah. quarterback. I mean, like, what's he been worth? That that line against the Bears kept going up, and there was a point when I was like, should I take the Bears in this? They were getting like eight before kickoff. Luckily, I stayed away on that. Because I was really tempted to put a little something down on the bench. Especially that Nathan Peterman fake out that we all got for like yeah. 10 minutes. What the hell was that about? <laughs> oh my God, that was the worst. All right, let's get to something else here. Let's get to two teams in the same division going in the opposite direction. The New York Giants lost two in a row. The Washington Commanders, on the other hand, they've won three in a row. They're going to face off here in New York. Uh, the Giants are one and a half point home underdogs here against the Commanders. Washington's played great against the run the last month. 40 and a half is the number. If you like the Giants for the upset, plus 110. I know in division games are always tough fits. This feels just as close as the line. But if we're talking about the direction of two teams and we're talking about what one team does exceedingly well and what the other team wants to do, the Giants want to run the football. 
Washington's big bonus is they can stop you from running the football. Does that leave a lot here for Daniel Jones and the rest of this offense to pick up the slack? I'm a little worried here about the Giants in the spot. What do you think? I'm totally with you, Joe. Uh, that's the thing. Like the Giants passing offense is very uh, sleepy right now. And all they can do is run the ball, whether it's with well, Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones, and they're going up against this great run defense. And oh, by the way, the Giants have not run the ball with any, uh, you know, any effectiveness the last couple of weeks starting with Saquon Barkley getting stuffed by the Lions, who have one of the worst run defenses in the league two weeks ago, didn't really get it going against Dallas either on Thanksgiving. So, I mean, Washington has just been really tough in these last three games, Uh, you know, three straight over Philly, Houston, Atlanta, and really underrated defense for Washington. And maybe they get Chase Young back this week. So Mm -hmm. that defense gets even better. Um, Commanders are 6-0-1 against the spread in their last seven games. All things are kind of pointing towards them here. I kind of feel like I'm walking into a snare trap. Uh, But (laughs) like as banged up as the Giants are with this plague of injuries they've had to their cornerbacks and offensive linemen, like I just think the Commanders are, are pretty good value as a slight road favorite here. Friedman, what are your thoughts here? Do the commanders go in wearing their big hats and go pull off an upset here, the Giants? Yeah, so Fitz is, uh, out of everything that we're pulling into our you know official betting pros projections right now, Fitz is the highest on the commanders, and I am the highest on the Giants. And you know, together, we put this number exactly at 1.5. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, we're, we're balancing each other out. I'm, I'm on the Giants here. Um, you know, Daniel Jones has been good in division. He's 10 and 5 in division, good as an underdog, 23 14 uh, against the spread as an underdog. So you put that together, 8 and 3 against the spread as a divisional underdog at home. Uh, I just, yeah, I think this is a spot, especially with this number at two at DraftKings and two and a half at points bet. Mm-hmm. I do think that there's some value here. So I will. And apologies, yeah, I misspoke. Giants. It's, it's not the upset. Can Washington just go in and beat New York? They are the favorites, minus one and a half there. Even though it doesn't feel like they're the favorites, it, they, they should be the favorites. But for some reason, it still doesn't feel that way. The Giants are starting to you know do that thing where you know it starts off good, it fades away, and all that goodwill with Brian Dable and everyone's so happy. I don't know, man. It's getting real weird here real quick. Speaking of weird, get this one here. Philadelphia Eagles, 10-1 against the Tennessee Titans here. The Eagles are six-point favorites at home against the Titans. And uh, this was the game that I circled a couple weeks ago. I said, if we're going to find a loss here for this Eagles team that can't be defeated, I'm circling the Titans. That's the one. Now, they ended up losing before that to the Washington Commanders. If you're looking here at the number 44.5 is the number. If you like the Tennessee Titans to win this game outright, and I do, it's plus 200 here on the money line. That's right. Ugly football, good coaching. The Titans should have won yesterday too, let's be honest. So let's talk about this one here. Obviously, Jalen Hurts looked great. I think we have to kind of, once again, put it in perspective here a little bit, Friedman, of what the Packers are at this juncture. The Packers fought, they battled, but this defense has not played the same as it did last year. It's not been the same team. Jalen Hurts looked great. I get it. Everything's going well. I think this is a real test, and this is the one I've been waiting for. We're going to get it here. What do you think about the six? What do you think about this number? What do the Friedman projections say about Titans, Eagles? Yeah, my projections are pretty boring. They are very close to the numbers here. I have you know almost nothing to say about this game. Like the the number is six. I have it at six point two five. The uh, the total is forty four and a half. I have it at forty four point three. But Joe, to your point, it, it, when you're looking at the actual on field matchups. The Titans, the one thing they do really well is mm-hmm. defend the run. Like they are, they are strong against the run. Like, you know, top, if not the best yep. team in the league against the run, certainly top three. And that's the one thing that even when the uh the Eagles have struggled offensively, they've been able to get back to the running game to fix their woes. But this is the one spot where maybe they won't have the ability to do it. And this is the one spot too. If you look back, what was the team that beat them? The commanders. What do they yeah. do well? stop the run so if you could beat the eagles in their game and slow that run game down this becomes a very winnable game here for the titans fits let's go eagles titans early look ahead value what do you see from facing the packers run defense to facing the titans run defense it's going to be like going from the sauna into the cold tub here for the (laughs) eagles on offense um yeah i mean like the Mm. i like the matchup for the titans because of that uh joe i i'm kind of 
falling for your idea of of taking the money line with the Titans here. Uh, and I definitely like the the value on the Titans. Like they've been really tough this year and uh you know coming off a, a tough home loss to the Bengals I think they're going to be pretty fired up and the Eagles just still not quite right I mean they had that yeah. debacle against the commanders then they barely squeaked by a one-point win over the the lowly Colts and then this past week like we saw their defense look kind of shoddy against the Packers I thought like I wasn't really impressed with the Eagles in that win so um and then as I Friedman and I discussed this yesterday on our Sunday morning show, uh, the Titans have been an under team all year. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they just seven of their last eight games now have played to the under. Um, I think they're going to drag the Eagles into the muck with them again this week. So I like the Titans in the under here. All right, let's get to the next one here. Oh, the L.A. Rams. It's been a tough season for the Rams, hasn't it? I mean, the the Sean McVay getting hit by his own player uh, on the sideline here. I feel like that's exactly the feeling of this Rams season. That's if you could encapsulate it in one moment, that would be the moment. Uh, They are at home, but they are five point underdogs at home to the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks coming off a tough overtime loss to the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Jacobs is still running somewhere right now. Forty two is the number. Uh, plus 175 here for the Rams on the money line. But Fitz, let's talk about this here because Seattle, look, we we kind of know who Seattle is at this point. We know what they want to do. Seattle's a pretty good football team, not a great football team. But we're in a spot here where the Rams, I know they're trying to hold it all together here, but it feels like no Allen Robinson, no Cooper Cup, probably no Matthew Stafford. It feels like this season is just kind of headed for disintegration. I know they really, they did everything they could to hang in there with the Chiefs yesterday and they did for a while but it just feels like it's a losing battle. What are your thoughts here on this game? Joe, uh, think back. If we were talking about this game at the end of August, <laughs> three months ago. Inverted, inverted at least. <laughs> yeah, it, right. Exact, oh, at least. I mean, if you had told us in August <laughs> that we would be looking at a line with Seattle favored by five at the Rams, and we'd be looking at this line saying, is that enough? Is that the, enough? The Seahawks yeah. be favored by more? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, like I'm, I'm right at – the number here with the projections. I'm not really inclined to bet it. Maybe I'm a little uh, slight lean towards the under, you know, Bryce Perkins. He looked like what we thought he'd look like against the chiefs took five sacks through two interceptions. I mean, the Rams offense is just completely dead. So uh, getting to 42, even though the Seattle offense is lively, uh, seems like kind of a tall order with the Rams, probably not keeping up their end of the bargain in any over bet. Freeman, do you kind of get that sense too, where it's you, you hit the under maybe in this game early, and then maybe you wait? Or I don't, I don't even know. Like, where are we here with the Seattle number at five? Is that just not enough, in your opinion, too, just out of the gate? Yeah, like this is an area where I feel like my projections are going to lag reality because of all of the differences, like the changes that we've seen on the Rams over the past month with all the injuries they've incurred. And and to the the point earlier about where this number was before the season started, this was 10. The the Rams were favored by 10 at home in the offseason looking ahead to this number. uh, And then now it's, it's totally flipped. And honestly, I don't think it's gone far enough. Like I know I don't have it projected here, um, I have a projected at 4.75, like so. I don't really see much value, but I bet it at four and a half, where that number is still available at DraftKings. I think the number is going to continue to move. Like it wouldn't surprise me if this got to seven. Like who wants to bet on the Rams right now? And the Seahawks, nah, like, they are motivated, right? Like yeah. they they have the chance to win the division. It's right there. They're coming off of a game that they should have won or they could have won. Like they are going to uh, get their like revenge on the Rams, you know, like every, like all their frustrations from not beating the Raiders, they're going to mm-hmm. take that on, on a Rams team that is totally defenseless at this point. This could be one of the games of the week here, Miami and San Francisco, San Fran seven and four. And the Dolphins are eight and three. Look, they destroyed the Texans, but there was a lot of sloppiness in that Dolphins game. A lot. Uh, there was a couple of picks too, that should have been picks that weren't picks that two or through. Uh, they are three and a half point underdogs traveling to San Francisco, which absolutely makes sense. This feels right in terms of respect for both teams as number 46 and a half is the over under plus 150 on the money line. If you like the Dolphins here, Freeman, I'm on the San Fran side of this game uh, defense running the football. I know Elijah Mitchell is going to be out for this one. It looks like uh, possibly for uh, quite a while too, which means you're going to probably get a little bit more CMC. And I think that's actually a good thing in this game uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, you run the football, you play defense. 
these are the things that you do in December, in January that get you to a Super Bowl. I feel like they're able to do those two things, whereas the Dolphins defense still suspect to me. And look, the run game didn't look as good as it did when last we left the Dolphins. So what are your thoughts here on this contest? Yeah, I bet this early Miami uh, look ahead of four and a half. I don't love it nearly as much at three and a half, especially with all of the injuries that the Dolphins incurred yesterday. That's the yeah. big thing. So left tackle Teron Armstead has a pectoral injury. He's expected to miss multiple weeks. Uh, Jeff Wilson was dealing with a calf injury. It looks like he's probably fine, but that's not a guarantee. Uh, and then right tackle Austin Jackson, he left the game also with an ankle injury. So if you have both of the starting tackles out, for the Dolphins that makes me really hesitant to bet on them as road underdogs here against the 49ers team that that knows the system like the offensive system right. that that uh McDaniel is running there so uh I mean I see I see this basically where it should be at three and a half uh I'm not really looking to bet either side here Fitz Friedman makes a great point there about the tackles being out there and the pressure that San Fran's able to put on the quarterback. I think if you bring that pressure onto Tua, you're going to get some mistakes in this game. And if you do, I mean, this could be maybe more one-sided than people think potentially on the 49er side. What are your thoughts on the early look-ahead value, if any, on this contest? Yeah, I think the 49ers should be favored by at least four. So if it's a three and a half, I see a little value there. And I wanted to really like the over here. Like I, my projection for this is 49, so two points to the over. But um. Yeah, with those tackles and Jeff Wilson potentially missing this game, that could sort of dampen my enthusiasm for that. So, um, you know, I maybe want to see if this number goes down before I actually hit it. Um, yeah, I mean, the 49ers, they've they've scored 26 a game since they got McCaffrey. And uh, the Dolphins have scored, I believe, 30 or more in four straight. I really, really, really want to bet this over, but you can't do it with the Dolphins. <laughs> they played a lot of lesser teams, too. I mean, let's be honest. True. You're playing Houston, yeah. you're playing Cleveland, you're playing teams that defensively just have nothing yep. there. So uh, color me unimpressed a little bit by the Miami Dolphins still. Sorry. Fair. Sorry, Fair. Teal. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, Dolphins fans. Let's go to Kansas City and Cincinnati. Uh, typically, the uh, the over is the way to go for this contest when these two teams match up. 51 and a half is the number in this one. The Cincinnati Bengals are at home. They're two and a half point underdogs, though, to Kansas City, which honestly, I don't know if that's giving Kansas City enough credit, to be honest, where these two teams are at right now. Plus 124 on the money line. Uh, Fitz, what's your inclination in this game here, too? I, I feel like Kansas City is still a class above the Bengals right now. But that 51 and a half, look, I mean, I don't know if we have to get beat over the head with it, but when these two teams match up, it just seems to be an easy over. Yeah, um, maybe I didn't give the Bengals enough respect yesterday in really liking the Titans as one of my best bets. I mean, it was about I didn't either, so don't feel bad. So we're yeah, in the same I mean, you and I. Because after starting 0-2, the Bengals have gone 7-2 and since, and they're 8-1 and against the spread in their last nine games. They have been a cover machine for most of the year. Um, so I, I like them as a home dog and maybe they get Jamar chase back, uh, which would, you know, really help set up the, the shootout here in this game. I mean, what a, a fun game this is going to be. Um, yeah, I'm on the Bengals. Like I'm going to bet them on the money line and, uh, you know, get my even money or better. I think they can absolutely hang with the chiefs. Freeman, how about you? You think the Bengals are not getting enough respect here? Now, Fitz and I are on opposite sides of this. Uh, I have this projected at three and a half, but I, you know, I will say out of all the numbers that we're pulling in for our projections, I am the highest on the the Chiefs. But I've, you know, I've been probably too high on the Chiefs for the entire year. And I would say like early in the year, that was probably a good thing because I think the market was too low on the Chiefs. But, you know, there's been a string of games where they've been favored you know, by double digits and they haven't been covering. But this does feel like a different type of game. Like there's a difference between Andy Reid doing what he has to do to win a game without fully opening up the playbook and them going against a team that kept them out of the Super Bowl last year. Uh, I, I think we see like the full chiefs in this game uh and so i have them as the best team in the league the Bengals, i i mean i have them as three points better than your average team on a neutral field so i'm not i feel like not disrespecting them but maybe i haven't bumped them up enough but yeah i i have the chiefs by three and a half here all right next we have the chargers and raiders this one's going to be in vegas vegas is going to be two and a half point Home underdogs in this one. 50 and a half is the number, plus 115 on the money line. Freeman, is this the classic Chargers coming off a big win and then 
Chargers are going to charge her here and drop one to Vegas? Is this like that perfect scenario that we've seen time and time again, where just when you start to think it's safe to go out there and bet on the Chargers, that they go and lose a game on the road to the Vegas Raiders? I would like to hear what what Fitz has to say about this. I didn't this realize one... this was a pass or play scenario. No, I didn't no, no, realize no, no, we no, had I'm that gonna, option. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, because this is one spot where we are really off, and I don't like where I am on this game. Okay. My, my projections have the Raiders as favored by one, which so, is is disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting because uh, I don't want to be betting on this team, but I I have done it, and honestly, I wish I would have done it on the look ahead when it was three instead of the early line last night when it was two and a half. But, you know, given that I have it projected at one, like they are a bad team. The Raiders are a bad team. There's no question about that, especially defensively. They're bad. Like their weakness is in the secondary. The thing is, I don't know if the chargers are really built to exploit that weakness in as maximal of a way as they should have because of their dink and dunk tendencies in the passing game. And you flip that around the Raiders are one of the best teams in the league at running the ball, and that is entirely where the Chargers are weak on defense. Yeah. So the matchup is actually pretty decent in terms of strength versus vulnerability. Fitz, it seems like Friedman is one of the undecided voters. So you get to canvas right now. You get to go out there and possibly bring him over to your side for your vote. So how do you feel about this? So I've gotten burned betting against the Raiders the last two weeks. And now Friedman <laughs> is trying to flip me to bet on the Raiders and I'll, I'll bet on them and they will, they'll go out and lay the biggest egg in the world. So I think two I'm, overtime victories in, in splash format too. Let, yes. I mean that Devonte Adams catch the Jacobs run. I mean, these were not like grinded out. These were one big play overtime victories where like something magical happened. I don't know. Does that mean you just start to believe in yourself a little bit more? Maybe. And I didn't expect the Raiders to get anywhere near overtime in either of these last two games. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't like them at all. And, uh, you know, the, the Chargers are another they've been like Jekyll and Hyde, too. There have been times this year where I thought they looked like a Super Bowl contender and other years or other games where I was, you know, wondering what the heck had happened to them. So uh, I think I'm just going to walk away from this game and, and you know, ride Freeman's coattails, <laughs> cheer him on as he bets the uh, Raiders in this one. All right, I know we have to watch the Colts tonight, but they are going to go on the road regardless against the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys 8-3, and three, uh, they are 9.5-point home favorites in this one. 43.5 is the number. If you'd like the Colts, it's plus 335 on the money line. This is Sunday night football. Fitz, I love the Dallas Cowboys defense. I think they're clearly the better team here, but this 9.5 feels like a big number to me. Do you feel the same way? Yeah, I don't see much value here. I mean, the Cowboys have been good against the number this year, uh, seven and three in their last 10 and four and one against the spread in their last five home games. But uh, I do think it might be a little bit too tall now that the Colts offense is respectable again with Matt Ryan. All right. Uh, what are your thoughts here, Friedman, on your Dallas Cowboys and this nine and a half in the early look ahead? Yeah, I'm not really seeing much here. I have it at 8.75. If I had to bet aside, it feels wrong, but I guess I would be on Jeff Saturday. <laughs> um, but I don't wow. I don't really want to be touching this game either way. Things you never thought you'd say in 2022 for a thousand. Yeah. I'm right here. I'm on Jeff Saturday's side, who is the coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh New Orleans heads to Tampa. This is it. You want to talk about Super Bowls here, Fitz. This is the Super Bowl right here for the NFC South. Somebody has to win, right? 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 I could tie. Somebody. I mean, no, don't say these kinds of things, Friedman. It's only going to make it worse. All right, here we go. The Bucks five and six. The New Orleans Saints, four and eight. The Bucks are six-point favorites at home in this one. 40 and a half is the number. Plus 200 on the New Orleans Saints side of this one. Friedman, I, I know it's the simple answer to just say, I, I don't want anything to do with this. I'm walking away. Is six too big of a number here? Are we giving the Bucks too much credit? Yeah, six is too big. And I'm I'm looking at the the board right here, and lines have started to come down to five and a half. And honestly, mm. like I I was waiting to bet it because I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on this. I have this projected at four, and it's not as if the, the Buccaneers are bad, um, but they're not they're not good at this point. And the Saints really have been a little bit of kryptonite against the Buccaneers in the, the Tom Brady era. And you have Marshawn Lattimore, who, you know, practiced limitedly last week, but practiced every day. And reports are that this is the game that he's looking to come back. So if Marshawn Lattimore comes back and he does his, you know, Mike Evans, Mike voodoo Evans deal. Right. And, and locks him <laughs> up, you know, like this, this is a game that could be really ugly 
And I don't think Tampa Bay is the type of team right now that's prepared to win an ugly game. But the Saints are. Like, if they win, they win ugly. Fitz, I'll I'll give you a baseball analogy because I know it'll be lost on Friedman. So I'll give it to you. We're going to do the baseball analogy of the the starting pitcher who's out there and he's just laboring through five innings. I feel like, you know, where it's like everything's a three, two count, you know, every foul balls is here every single time on the three, two count. You just can't get anybody out. It's just, you're up to like 110 pitches and it's only four and two thirds of an eight. That's what the Bucks season feels like to me. Is that a decent yes. metaphor? And if so, where do you think we're at here with these two teams? By the way, just gotta say, I never, I never would have gotten that metaphor. It was, it was far too sophisticated and subtle for me to understand what you were saying. <laughs> I just know you don't like a uh, baseball guy again. So anyway, <laughs> yeah, um, it does feel that way. I mean, their offense has just struggled, and now they come into this matchup where Dennis Allen has really kind of had Tom Brady's number since he moved into the NFC South. Yeah. And it, as strange mm. as that is. And then the Buccaneers lost Tristan Wirfs uh, yesterday, which is a huge injury. Um, So even though the Saints lost that 13-0 mud wrestling match and showed nothing uh, next to no life on offense yesterday against the 49ers, um, I still think this is too big a number. I I think it should be more like five. And I'm uh, leaning under here. All right, there you have it. Uh, So let's get your favorite things here before we head out. Fitz, do you have your top two or three things here in the early look ahead? You see the value you want to lock in here for our audience? I do, Joe. I like the Ravens uh, against the Broncos. I I think they're Mm -hmm. just going to swab the deck with the the Broncos this week. Uh, (laughs) I I like the Titans getting almost a touchdown against the Eagles. Uh, Good spot. Like I I love when I can get Mike Vrabel as kind of a big underdog. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think I like the Commanders as a two point. uh, I can't wait to oppose Friedman on this when we talk about this game on the Sunday morning best bets show. I like the Commanders minus two at the Giants. I'm thinking I have to do like a little money line parlay and I'm not a parlay guy, but maybe new Orleans, Vegas, and Tennessee. I don't know. That's feeling like something for me that could be real fun. Just throw 10 bucks on it. Just watch the world burn. I kind of want to do that. Friedman, what are your thoughts here on the early week 13 look ahead? Best bets. Yeah. So for a side, I am going to say the Las Vegas Raiders at plus two and a half hosting the chargers. That just, that feels like it's uh, a little too much there. And then for a total, I will say it's disgusting to bet the under on something this low, but the Broncos and the, who are they playing? The Ravens under Mm -hmm. 38 and a half. I would bet the under on that. All right, there you have it. For more, make sure you go to bettingpros.com. Check out all of our amazing content, the prop bet cheat sheet, all the amazing tools we have and content. And don't forget to subscribe to our Betting Pros YouTube channel as well. Click that little bell to let goes ding so you have all the information you need. Plus, we've also got all the podcasts, the live streams for Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, playoffs around the corner, amazing content at BP, and we want you all to be a part of it. That'll do it for us, but the story of the game goes on. For Matthew Friedman and Pat Fitzmorris, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids.